This is Alex Clark from CASA, and you're listening to the Rise and Vape Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Rise and Vape podcast. I am your host, Logan, and this week I am being joined again by Mr. Alex Clark from CASA. How's it going today, Alex? It's going all right. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We finally had a day here in Western New York where it didn't snow. The sun came out. I spent the majority of my day outside just soaking in that sweet vitamin D. That's what I need. I, I get my uh, vitamin D in pill form now. Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things, like in all honesty, uh, and I've talked about this a lot, like on Twitter, I'm somebody that I'm very much a sun worshiper. My mm-hmm. brain desperately needs vitamin D and the sun is kind of like my antidepressant. It's one of the reasons why I work outside. I do what I do. I'm very much a sun worshiper. And then like the three months here in New York where you just like basically don't get any sun and you live inside and you never go outside into the bitter cold and snow. I, I deal with like seasonal depression during that time. So like today was a really big, you know, like I'm just in a great mood. Like my mood, it's just through the roof today. It's so good. Just getting out and getting into the sun. But a lot of people have told me like, Logan, you should start actually trying to take like vitamin D supplements in the winter and it would help yeah. a lot. I, I went through something actually towards the end of summer. I, uh, it, it's really weird. We, we, we got a dog. We, we, uh, sort of adopted a dog from uh, my brother-in-law's family. And uh, I thought, you know, walking a dog, we'll be outside all the time. It'll be great. As it turns out, I actually went outside a lot less because now we have to worry about him barking at other dogs. And like, he's, he's, a, he's a standard poodle. So he's like a small horse. Yeah. And, um, and it's just like, I, you know, we're still kind of new in town. I don't want to be known as like the neighbors with the crappy dog and you know, like whatever. I, I've got a lot of hangups about, you know, people and whatnot. So all of that to say, I ended up spending most of the summer indoors and I was taking the high dose, like, I guess it's high dose. And I was like, uh, 50,000 IU vitamin D 10,000, what if there's five digits there? It's a lot. It's more than like the normal person should take. And I was taking it on Wednesdays and I knew to take it on Wednesdays because if I didn't, I got really, really depressed. Um, and so I had to, and I went through about a month of that. Like it was, it was, it was pretty bad. Like, I mean, there are days normally where I have a hard time getting out of bed. Um, but this was like just solid, just in the dumps. Yeah. And I had to, I had to moderate the dosage to take, I think 2000 IU every day with food. Uh, and I'm fine now. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the Northern, Northern tri-corner of the state. Of yeah. the so, and we had a nice sunny day here. So even though I didn't go outside, there was plenty of sunlight coming in through the windows and I definitely took my vitamin D. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Do you, do you find that, that, that it helps though, the supplements, like, especially in, in the winter and whatnot, like, uh, when you're definitely not getting nearly as enough, enough sun. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I think the proof for me was taking it in the summer or kind of screwing up the dosage and, and, and going through the swings yeah, and then, um, you know, working that out and having it level off has made 
all the difference. Cool. Well, hot damn. Maybe I should maybe I should finally cave and listen to everybody that's been telling me, Logan, just take some vitamin D, man. <laughs> you know? and I just I'm just inside, like in the dark, like waiting for the sun. You know? I'm just yeah, that'll do it. over in the dark corner, like it'll be here in two months. <laughs> I just I mean, have to make it two months. People listening can't see, but I've got windows in my office and that, you know, we, we get sunlight in the house. But even that, I mean, it's still filtering through whatever yeah. trees you've got outside and your windows. And it's not like you're spending any time in direct light. So it's weird for me. I get I get two big swings of that seasonal depression. I get it right in the fall. And I think that's like it's almost like sunlight withdrawal. Because mm-hmm. I spend all spring and summer out in beautiful, sunshiny days. And then we get to like that second, third week of fall here in New York where it's just kind of constant gray. And I hit like a wall, you know, like it all. It's just like a withdrawal of sunlight, basically. And then I'm usually good again for like the first month of winter. And then we get into like mid-January and my brain's just like, all right, bro, <laughs> we got to figure something out. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I might give it a shot. Maybe I'll finally cave like all my friends and family are like, Logan, just take vitamin D. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why haven't you done this yet? And everybody else is like, Logan, you should get one of those little lights, like the little happy lights, whatever they are, like the vitamin, the, um, I don't know. They're like ultraviolet oh. lights. Uh, no, they're, um, whatever they are. I don't know what they are. They're like, like a daylight lights. thing. There's the, the spectrum is in, is important. I have one of those. That Do was, you have one of those? Oh, okay. I, I, I picked help? it up. I, I picked it up before I figured out that it was the vitamin D dosage that was throwing me off. So that didn't help you. The vitamin D helped you. The vitamin D definitely helped the the light. I would like leave it on for 10 minutes and you just kind of, you're sitting near it. You don't want to like look right into it. Um, oh, okay. You don't want to like burn your retinas out on this little, this little light. I guess. I don't know. I just, I read to burn the, the happiness right through my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the science behind it. I just, I read the instructions. I did the adult thing. And I never uh, read the instructions. <laughs> ever i'm the worst one like i get instructions in something like ikea stuff or furniture i just throw it away rip open all the different packages of screws you know get them all mixed up that's a mess. my idea of a good time either way alex let's get into it this week there was a lot of stuff last week we covered a lot of stuff last week for anybody who hasn't tuned in yet last week me and alex went through we basically like went across the country more or less with a bunch of calls to action. We got into a lot of really great conversations. So if you haven't checked that episode out, please do. A lot of the stuff is probably going to be already outdated by the time you do though. Um, This week, I think Alex has a couple more kind of updates, calls to action, things going on that I figure we could kind of knock out of the park real quick first. So I, I, I believe we had an update in New Hampshire. Yes. Oh, did I have an update? <laughs> I think we had an update in New Hampshire. Something, why don't, why don't you go ahead and get what you've got out first? And let me see if I can find that. Maybe we didn't have an update in New Hampshire. Maybe I'm thinking of something separate. Um, oh, What did happen in New Hampshire? I, something happened in the New England states. I Yeah, say it might not have been New Hampshire that I was thinking of. Something up here. I've been everywhere but New Hampshire today. So. <laughs> Let's see what we've got. I, I am I am honestly just uh, going to our website and clicking on the uh, New Hampshire. That's C-A-S-A-A dot org for everybody out there. If you haven't been over to CASA.org yet, that would be the website Alex is referring to. 
Okay, so this does need an update on our website. Um, the uh, Senate Bill 62, which is a flavor ban, um, had a hearing on Monday, I believe. There were a bunch of stuff in the Northeast was canceled because of the snowstorm. Um, so this might have been one of them. And I'm sorry, I'm, so, uh, I'm ill-prepared for this question. I, but, see, this is the thing, Alex, I'm always gonna throw you curveballs. Man, whenever we keep me on my toes, I'm going to keep you on your toes and you're physically standing right now. We had a conversation just before the show started. Alex got, he's got one of those uh, standy desk things where he can lift his computer up. And it's something else that I desperately want. And I've been talking to my wife now for like months about getting one of these. So Alex is, I literally got him up on his toes right now. (laughs) I've been here all day. This is, I can't. (laughs) I can't sit down anymore. I've been sitting at a desk, as, as, tell, as I was telling you, I've been sitting at a desk since I took this job. And that was six or five, six years ago. Um, yeah, 2016. I started January 2016. Um, so yeah, I've just gotten to the point where like, if I, I just can't sit down for any real length of time, my back is yeah, it's, no, it's weird. Like it. when I sit down, when I put pressure on that, like mid back, it, it feels like my heart is being pressed up against my ribs and I can't breathe. And it's, yeah, you got to get up. You got to get up and be able to move. I'm and I, I had a, you know, I'm I had a, I was, around right now and that's all I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've always had, you know, outside jobs, you know, working with my hands, walking around, very physical stuff. And so I'm just, I'm just atrophying at home. I don't do like go to the gym, workout stuff. That's just never really been my thing, but <laughs> I've got an elliptical right there in the office. Yeah. So that yeah. way in between me sitting here for hours doing stuff and I'm like, okay, I should probably get up and move. I go hop on that for like four minutes and then I come back and I sit down. That's yeah. <laughs> the extent of it at this point. Yeah. So I've, I've t- taken us wildly off track here, but back to New Hampshire. Um, the, uh, what happened in the committee hearing was that it, it, it received, I believe, sort of an unfavorable recommendation. Uh, the, uh, the note here on the tracking is uh, that it is inexpedient to legislate, uh, which is a fancy way of saying meh. Yeah. So uh, the flavor ban bill in New Hampshire, not dead, but not really given a favorable recommendation from the committee. So, so hopefully just not going to go anywhere. Uh, it looks like it is on a Senate calendar for the 11th. So next week, um, it, it, I, I don't know, I'm not intimately familiar with the process in New Hampshire. Um, so that could be like a certain number of reading or they could call it up for a vote. Uh, I'm not sure I'll dig into that and make sure that we get this updated accordingly. Um, but that's the relatively decent news out of New Hampshire. On, on Casa's site would, um, even though that that got moved, would people still be able to go to that call to action, still definitely a good idea to, oh yeah, to do that to still email even though it's kind of floaty up in the air right now. Yeah, there's still you know another step in the process. Um, nothing is really declared dead uh, until the end of session, which for most states is two years long. Um, so yeah, and and you know I think the more people, the more lawmakers, the more officials who are exposed to the messaging about um, tobacco harm reduction, harm reduction generally, uh, the, the better. We, we need to you know, keep educating people and you know, our experiences are very important in that. So 
Definitely. It's always a good time to contact your lawmakers about something that's, you know, a, a burning issue on your mind. Right, right. So yeah, definitely just because the the hearing or meeting didn't happen doesn't mean you don't need to get involved here and, and you can definitely still go do that call to action. Yeah, if it's one of those cases where it's like, you know, don't, it, it's it's kind of rare that I that we get to that point where we're telling people to stop contacting lawmakers. Um, again, it's always, that's what they're there for. They're there to hear your concerns. So take advantage of that. Um, but there are some times where we'll get feedback from people, you know, boots on the ground uh, and they'll say, hey, look, we're really irritating this guy. He's kind of on our side, but we need to back off. And that's when we'll adjust things. And, you know, worst case, we just take the whole engagement thing down so people aren't, um, you know, blasting off emails to people. Right, right. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, you kind of want to, you don't, you want to get your message to them, but you don't want to annoy them. You know? Right. right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So, you know, sometimes we really have to be the squeaky wheel I, I, with most of the time we have to be the squeaky wheel. Um, but, uh, but yeah, sometimes, you know, we, we need to maybe simmer down a bit before they just abandon the whole thing and go get another car. Right, right. They're like, this is just an angry mob at this point, and I'm not going to deal with them. Yet. Yeah, yeah. And we're really not those people. So, I mean, every now and again, the angry mob thing has worked, but uh, it's not too often. Yeah, not recently, for sure. No. Definitely not recently. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. What else no. we got? What do we got on the docket? That's so that was New Hampshire is kind of the update for what, what we have for New Hampshire. So, um, we have a bunch of stuff happening in the next week. So uh, actually what I'm looking at here is a month long view of all the stuff that we have in tracking at the moment. Uh, there are, the tracking always picks up hundreds of bills and maybe half of them are stuff that's not really related to our issue. Um, so it, it takes a while to sort through all of this stuff. Right, you gotta uh, sift through it and find the good stuff. Yeah. So don't, don't take this as carved in stone, the absolute end all of what is on the schedule for the next month. Um, but a pretty good idea of what's coming up in the next week. Um, let's see if you're in Indiana, um, house bill 1434, which we should have an engagement up for I'm just navigating. Is this, this is the same, uh, bill that we covered this this past this last podcast in indiana i believe right and um so there was supposed to be a hearing on the fourth i'm not clear on whether or not that was canceled whether it happens and we'll still be carrying it over because there's another hearing scheduled just double check here what happened um public hearing on the first public public health hearing on the fourth that was today Okay, so yeah, that's what we had. Um, and maybe that's what's showing up on my thing here. I should read the dates. Okay, so that was this morning. Um, that happened. I don't have any reports from that. Um, so then I'll just, I'm just moving right along. <laughs> um, there's a couple of bills in Connecticut. Um, so SB 326, we don't have an engagement up for this yet. Um, I, I've talked to people who are on the ground in Connecticut and, and they've asked to you know, kind of keep things quiet. 
for the moment. This is there is all there is a period kind of before things get to a committee hearing or before it goes to the floor or whatever, and stakeholders can arrange through a lobbyist meetings with with important people in the legislature. And so that's kind of what's happening in Connecticut, and that's why we don't have anything up, you know, showering people. With kind emails. of let them do their thing right now, and yeah. then we'll roll in later. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Timing is is actually really critical for something like this. Um, again, always an appropriate time to contact your lawmakers if you're in Connecticut. Uh, SB three twenty six is a flavor ban, uh, and and by all means, you know, Connecticut is sort of the last in in the tri-state area. Um, and, uh, you know, Rhode Island and Massachusetts have already banned flavors. Um, I believe Vermont will be looking at a flavor ban this year. So, you know, New England plus New Jersey and the rest of New York um, are going flavorless. Um, so Connecticut is important uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully we can all put up a good fight there. Um, there's another bill in Connecticut, which I, I, I just want to put on folks' radar, you know, business owners in Connecticut, if you're, if you're listening, um, or if you know someone in Connecticut who owns a business. Um, there's another bill, SB 115. Uh, this is a proximity and density bill. Uh, let's see if I can quickly. This bring is a 500 footer. Some of the details here. Um, 500 meters. <laughs> or whatever they usually are 4,000 miles away from every school. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's like somewhere between 500 and a thousand feet away from a school or library yeah. or any place where children generally gather um, outside of a Seven Eleven. you know? <laughs> wow. So this is, this is a really crappy preview and I don't have any details. Um, but what Connecticut, what Connecticut has here. Yeah. Some States do this. Um, the general statutes be amended to prohibit any healthcare facility or pharmacy from selling cigarettes, tobacco products, electronic delivery systems, and vapor products. So I, I, I used to have a category for these and I just sort of shoved it in this one really quickly. Um, it's a pharmacy ban. Okay. Uh, and you know, this was for people who might be new to this, um, man, several years ago, I don't know, it was like 2015, 2016, maybe before that, uh, CVS, was actually the first major pharmacy train chain in America to stop selling all tobacco products. Yeah. Um, they still sell nicotine replacement therapies, but no cigarettes, no, any, no vapor, no anything. Right. It has to be, they'll only carry FDA approved. Um, right. So your Nicorette gums, your lozenges, things like the patch, stuff like that. Yeah. Still available. If that's your thing, by all means, take advantage of it. Um, but you know, I, I don't shop at CVS anymore. Yeah, um, no, neither do I. Uh, I had so, to go to yeah, Rite Aid the other day, though. Right? What did they? They well, every all, all of them stopped. Did yeah. they? I, I know. Um, uh, what is it? Walgreens. The Walgreens on the street. Yeah, Walgreens stopped. They were and they were pretty reliable in terms of continuing to sell tobacco products. Um, but you know, hey. yeah, I haven't been to a Walgreens in a really long time, so I couldn't tell you the last time the last time I was in there and saw cigarettes, but I know even today, you know, over at Rite Aid, uh, all they had behind the counter was just standard NRTs, Nicorette stuff, you know, Nicoderm, all this, all that stuff. Which, you know, I'll, I, I get the argument, right? It's a pharmacy. It's where you're supposed to go for healthcare products. For pharmaceuticals. Correct. Yeah. 
but you know, it's it's also, uh, I mean, let's not pretend that, that there's a whole lot of virtuousness here. I'm almost uh, pretty sure know. though that that Rite Aid sells beer. So, Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's it, you can get all you can get your medicines that were prescribed by a doctor. You can get the over the counter stuff for your cold or to stop smoking, but then you can turn the corner and go load up on sugar. <laughs> And sure. carbs and all kinds of garbage. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, let's not pretend that this really is about health. It's just right. it's virtue signaling. It is um, absolutely yes, willing signaling. to take the multi-million dollar hit to do it. So, um, you know, whatever, like I'm fine with, you're right. Like, yeah, go to a pharmacy, get the stuff that'll make you feel better. But, you know, let's, let's not pretend that. That's right. Let's just at least have the honest conversation about it. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm with you hundred um, percent. So yeah, that is also, well, now I'm on the wrong state. <laughs> um, well, like we talked about last week, man, at this point, you just got to throw a dart at the map yeah. and there's, there's something going on. So that bill will have a public hearing on the eighth. That is next Monday. Um, actually, I, I don't know when this, this is broadcast so this uh, uh this episode should be up friday the 5th tomorrow okay. i'll have cool. this episode up so tomorrow it'll still be next monday right but if you're listening to this after next monday then it will have been last monday let's if it's if you're listening to this on sunday it's tomorrow it's tomorrow <laughs> and i don't have a time here so a little short on details um with that let me see what we got here we'll go to the state page that's always a good sometimes a good standby nope it's just vague public hearing so uh go and research the committee february 8th 9 a.m 9 a.m in zoom and youtube live this this is for the uh proximity thing um Oh, this also has 326. Okay, so the meeting for um, both the flavor ban bill and this pharmacy ban uh, is on Monday, February 8th at 9 a.m. Zoom and YouTube Live. Uh, I believe there should be, this is what I went over with Lindsey Stroud last night. Um, you know, in, because of the COVID times, things aren't happening like they used to. Everything's being done remotely. Uh, and so there should be somewhere on your state's website, uh, some sort of detailed instructions about how to participate in a hearing, I'm not finding it very easily here, uh, for the joint public health committee, um, doesn't mean it, it, it doesn't exist. It just means it is a little bit difficult to find. Wait. States making it harder for their constituents to be involved in the process, not making it easy and upfront. Come on. What? Yeah, it's, a little, it's a little weird. And I, I just fired off a tweet about it. You know, it's Maryland is a good example. And I, I, we might as well get to that. Um, so one of the other hearings that we're looking at next week is a flavor ban hearing in Maryland, which is sort of put together in um, a weird but familiar way. Um, so this is a hearing on 
Wednesday the 10th at 1.30 p.m. And there's some goofy instructions here that you have to follow if you want to submit written testimony and or speak at the hearing. Um, first of all, uh, the I guess it's the committee chair. It might be at the discretion of the bill sponsor. I'm not sure. But they are. there is a maximum of 50 people allowed to speak. And they're allowed to split that. I guess you can split it down the middle or you can have 30 people speaking in favor of your bill. And that's what they're doing. So there will be 30 people signed up to speak in favor of this legislation, or there may be 30 people signed up, uh, and then 20 people from the opposition. Um, so it's like, like a forced favorable weighing here. Yeah, that's not uncommon, um, actually. And, and, you know, this is one of those things. You'll either see it in the way that the time is given to, to speakers uh, and, of course, in the number of speakers. Uh, this is something that happens in New York, or I've, I've seen it happen in New York. Uh, I've been a where, part of it here in New York. I, I, right. I was near the end of the list of people to speak at a, at a Department of Health hearing. And it gradually, all the opponents got to go first. They all got three minutes. Mm. And then a lot of, uh, you know, your, your businesses and people like that kind of got to go near the end. They got two minutes and the rest of us little consumers, we all got a measly minute. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like that. I was going to say, uh, you know, even committee, committee hearings in New York um, are, they're not, they're not scripted, but they're tightly controlled. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I remember seeing one where, you know, it was two people in favor of the bill and one person against, and that one person against this vaping bill was a representative from the Con convenience store association. Um, obviously a stakeholder, but, you know, the problem with this is that in picking the witnesses, the, the bill sponsor also gets to set the narrative. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the convenience store association doesn't speak for me. The convenience store association doesn't speak for people who shop in vape shops. Um, so, you know, that, I and mean, this was many years ago, but it's not like the narrative has changed a whole lot. But these are things that we can expect to see at this point. Uh, and no, it's not, it's not fair. It's barely democratic. Uh, and most of this stuff is getting that sort of emotional rubber stamp. Um, so gird your loins. Uh, this is not getting any better. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is Maryland. Um, several things going on in Maryland. Uh, if there is any silver lining to this particular bill, uh, the House Economic Matters Committee, I believe, last year, I think let uh, a similar bill or a version of this bill kind of wither and die on the vine. Uh, so it, it's this committee in particular, um, I, oh, I'm going to regret not remembering her name, um, but the, the chairwoman of the committee is just not having this nonsense. So um, as far as I understand, maybe her attitude has changed. I'm not sure, but um, at least this is a somewhat decent committee. Uh, so well, there's some good news at least. Yeah. And, and I know, and I know that there will be some of the, the usual names and faces uh, trying to testify. Um, and, and, you know, there's still an active trade association in Maryland uh, and so I know that they're working to get people uh, on on the list of people speaking. Um, and so certainly I think we will be well represented. Um, 
in, in terms of the people speaking, not number of people, but the quality of folks. Right. So, right. Well, hot uh, damn Maryland. Hopefully uh, that same committee just kind of puts it right on that back, that, that dead vine from before. And that's, yeah, where, we'll see. that's Who knows? hopefully where it goes. Yeah. Uh, crossing my fingers hasn't really gotten me very far in life. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crossing toes at this point, man. Yeah. <laughs> All my fingers and toes. So I know we said at the beginning we were going to try to keep this to an hour, and I, I feel like I might be going a little bit long. But... That's okay. All right. It's the beauty of editing, my friend. Hey, perfect. Arizona. Oh, Arizona has a tobacco 21 bill. That's it. The interesting thing about this, and I may be, we, you, me, maybe the few people that actually care about this, but um, uh, Arizona, I believe, has... Uh, they are, there's actually a fine for if you're a minor, it's a, it's a pop law, purchase, purchase use and possession. Uh, that's already on the books. Um, so the, the, it was interesting while I was reading this to see that the, uh, the penalty for a, a retailer, for someone selling uh, a tobacco product to anyone under the age of 21 uh, is uh, a, what is it called? It's, it's like a petty, a petty offense. Okay. There's really not much in terms of penalties. Slap on the wrist, that. small fine. Um, and uh, the fine for possessing a, a, a tobacco product, a nicotine product, uh, for a, a minor, any one under the age of 21, uh, is uh, $100 and no, no, no fewer than 30 hours of community service. Something yeah, like I'm, that. I'm, I'm, like deeply, deeply opposed to that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, the 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 inequity or the the imbalance there between retailers and and young people, I, I don't don't take my word as as, as scripture. Definitely, uh, if you're curious about it, research it in in the statutes. I encourage everyone to get familiar with their state's codes. Um, but uh, yeah, criminalizing possession and use uh, is is really just it's drug war stuff. Uh, yeah, and, absolutely. So regardless of age, I mean it's. Yeah. It's even worse when we start fining minors for these things, you know, but um, Look, this, this is limited to minors. If anyone under the age of 21, uh, well, <laughs> in some places in the world, a minor is anyone under the age of 18. Right. And if we're talking strictly the brain, then anyone under 25 yeah, is, a, so, is a minor. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, kids. <laughs> Spend those extra like seven years at home and don't pay rent. Really, kid. Yeah, yeah. Take full advantage. Listen, mom. I can't move out. My brain's not fully developed. Okay, I'm just I'm just gonna hang here for another four years. I mean, there's some real world stuff out there that is, is absolutely traumatic for anyone under the age of 25. Yeah, yeah. I've been through some of it. <laughs> oh shit. So. Um, the next one, and I bring this up just because it's interesting, um, it is a New Jersey bill. There are a bunch of bills in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey and New York, they just have the, they have a, just a rolling parade of anti-vaping legislation that gets introduced every year. Um, doesn't mean it necessarily goes anywhere. And to be perfectly honest, the worst of it has really already been done. Yeah, I mean, uh, here in New York, like, how much worse can you get in New York right now? We have a flavor ban. We have an online ban. We've got. Well, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I will... say that and knock on wood. How much worse could it get here in New York? But 
it, it can. It, it definitely, definitely can. can. I mean, New York State is so far the one state that has passed a flavor ban, but it has a, 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 a it has a provision allowing yeah. for products that have gone through PMTA to be sold in New York, and it doesn't say anything about flavors for those. So um, I, I will say for as, as angry as I am about how this law came to be, um, I, I will say it's not the worst flavor ban that's no, out. No. It you're, sucks. Yeah, and all right. the vape shops are closing down or, you know, retooling their business model. But um, there is still an opportunity if we see flavored products approved yeah. by FDA, which we've seen menthol, mint and menthol have been approved in other products. Sorry, authorized, authorized. So uh, the weird bill in New Jersey, this is something that we saw last session. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure we saw it last session. Uh, it is a bill, uh, it's S2943, S2943. Uh, and uh, this will be in the Senate Health, Human Services, and Senior Citizens Committee. Um, there's a registration form for it if anybody's interested in it. It might be more just to kind of watch. Um, but the, the, the gist of this bill is that it would re require uh, anybody, any tobacco seller, to also stock nicotine replacement therapy or combination medicines and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I'm not a, a, not a lawyer uh, and I don't really, other than the work that I've been doing for you. So I don't have a background in relations and all that. So uh, I don't know whether or not this is something that we've seen in other areas. I, I, I'm just not familiar with a business being required by the state to carry a product. Yeah, that seems. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, the, you know, like I, I, I guess if you were I, like registering as a gas station and you were like, but I'm not going to carry any gas, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I guess you, you know, but that, that's then. just like way hype. I'm just trying to wrap my head around the idea of like the state requiring you as a business to make like you have to carry this product. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe this is a sloppy analogy, but, you know, Plattsburgh, we have the lake, uh, Lake Champlain, and we've got a marina. And uh, there's a store there. Well, it's part of the marina place, but you walk in and you can buy, you know, lights and ties and life jackets and goofy stuff and stuff you need to go through. Like buy all the, all the boat and fishing stuff that you need. I'm not sure though, if New York requires, you know, a marina to sell life jackets. Yeah, I, I mean, that know. would make sense, right? But do it's, you... Yeah, it, it'd still be... But required? Yeah. I mean, highly suggested that a marina somewhere has life jackets for sale, right? Like, that's that's a really good suggestion oh, yeah. to have. I mean, they've got it here. <laughs> but required? I don't know. Yeah. It'd so be interesting to look into that to see if that is actually a requirement or not. Yeah, I mean, this, this, maybe this is one of those kind of trial balloons, see if there's any interest in a policy like this, yeah. any support for it, or maybe it's just virtue signaling, who knows. Um, but uh, yeah, just an interesting thing to put on people's radars. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's just weird, though, to require, required by the state to sell a product, like. Yeah. 
So um, we're almost up to date here. We, we already talked about the flavor ban bill in Maryland. Um, I got this other one, which I don't think. Oh, yeah. So I went over this one quickly. Uh, this is SB 410. And I sort of have this in my uh, notes as an anti-preemption bill. Uh, as it stands right now in Maryland, if a municipality wants to um, enact higher taxes uh, on tobacco products, I believe you have to ask permission from the state. Uh, and and we've I've seen a couple of bills floating through the legislature that specifically grant certain cities the ability to do things stricter or or just more than what the state kind of floor is. Um, so that is what this bill does, uh, except for the issuance of licenses under this title, a county or municipality may enact and enforce local laws that are at least as stringent as the provisions of this title that regulate the sale and distribution of electronic smoking devices. And that goes for other tobacco products and cigarettes as well. So um, tobacco and nicotine across the board in Maryland uh, is facing a bill that would allow local governments to set their own rules as long as they're just as strict as the state. Right. So the state would kind of set the minimum for what you have to do. And then this bill would give them rain to go well above and beyond if they choose to. Right. Uh, the, a good example of this is, uh, again, New York. I'm sure there's other examples, but this is one of the more outrageous ones. So as people know, the federal law for minimum legal sales age of tobacco products is 21. Uh, but Suffolk County, New York, which seems to be the genesis of some really bad vaping bills. Constantly um, out of Suffolk County, man. Constantly. Yeah, it, I, there's 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 a problem. <laughs> there's yeah. some sort of weird vortex in Suffolk County, um, and and all of this garbage comes out of it. Um, I, that's not that's not really the history of everything, but um, Suffolk sounds County, good. <laughs> Suffolk County uh, had a, a proposal, may still have a proposal to raise the minimum legal purchase age to 25. Right, yeah. which is the same age that the brain stops developing. Right. So therefore, at that point, you can that, make the adult decision a quarter into a century of being alive yeah. as to whether or not you want to use whatever nicotine product may remain in the state. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and there's tons of it, by the way. New York has a, a robust underground market for tobacco. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, well over 50 percent of the cigarettes that are smoked in the state are yeah, the, smuggled the, in, in in some form or fashion. Yeah, these are these are the studied and documented uh, effects of uh, yeah. ridiculous taxes on on tobacco products in New York. Um, the other thing, what did I have to say about twenty five? Oh, now I forget. <laughs> you can edit. What's because you're over twenty five, Alex? I'm yeah, I'm too old. I, <laughs> <laughs> Your um, brain develops up till 25 and then it's just a, it's just all downhill from there. That's where that's the peak. I haven't learned anything new for <laughs> at least 15 years. Well, now oh. that you're standing and not sitting while you're at work, that increased blood flow yeah. you might start getting some of that back. I'm going to be a super genius by the end of the month. It'll be Perfect. Great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, We're going to go from calls to action to like quantum physics on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I totally forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, you know, uh, local governments and state governments can set their rules higher than the federal standard uh, or federal law in terms of tobacco products. Um, But yeah, again, I'll just bring that up in case people are confused about, you know, where the preemption and, and who has the authority to do what and all of that. It's, it's important to bring up because I think a lot of people might get confused with that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And at least Suffolk County hasn't quite gone like Hawaii level crazy <laughs> where they're like, we're going to raise the legal smoking age to a hundred. You know? Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like the day I saw that, I was just like, well, fuck, I don't even want to go to Hawaii anymore. I used to want to go to Hawaii, but if this is the kind of legislation they propose in Hawaii, then I don't even want to bother. Well, it's well, it's important to keep in mind. I mean, there is such a thing as legislative trolling. Um, oh, sure. I, I, Absolutely. You know, one of the best examples of that was I think uh, it was a, a, a member of the it was it was in South Carolina. And uh, she is or was a, uh, a representative in the South Carolina legislature. And this was a time, I can't remember if they were talking about like a, uh, like, uh, like a tampon tax, the pink tax, um, or uh, I think it was a tax on contraception. And um, she sort of countered by introducing a bill that would, uh, oh no, I think it was, it was an anti-abortion bill um, and it, it was one of those where it requires a woman to go through all of these steps. You'd have to have like a meeting and then wait three days and then come back and all of these barriers to right. a woman's healthcare, um, that would just give her all kinds of opportunities to back out of it. Uh, and, and just that's the really- idea when they propose those things, it's to, it's to yeah. guilt you along the way. So when you finally get to the point where you're able to do the thing you're, you're here to do, you don't want to anymore. Or, or you've you've been guilted so far, you know, you've been shamed and shunned so yeah. far along the way. Yeah, it's it's super coercive and, and just not. Yeah, not, it's not a really friendly thing to do. Uh, and uh, so she countered with a bill that would make it um, very hard and, I guess, arguably embarrassing for men to get Viagra. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and she then we got to a hearing. It was explosive. Yeah. It was it was pretty fantastic. Um, but yeah, we will see things like this trial balloons and legislative trolling. And, you know, sometimes the vapor people are providing that, that basis. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, all of that to say this bill in Maryland is not one of those. It is no. very serious, it's actually a very real bill. Um, yeah. This is not a troll bill. Generally speaking, um, I am not a fan of preemption. Um, but when it comes to tobacco regulation and, and certainly other issues, but I, we, we're talking about tobacco, so that's where we'll be. Um, I, I do think it is appropriate for the state to preempt local governments. Um, and it, it's, it's simply because I think the state is, state legislatures are more deliberative bodies. Uh, they, they have to be. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have a, a higher degree of expertise but they may have a higher degree of expertise at their disposal. Uh, and so they can bring in more experts. They can actually take their time with, with policy. And, and I just feel like there's a better chance that they get it right. Um, you know, when we talk about things that are affecting uh, a, a particular region or community, 
those are things that I don't believe the state should have the power to preempt. Um, and I certainly don't like the whole, like, we're just going to take our ball and go home and you don't have the authority to do anything. Um, you know, there is an effort in, in certain states to basically give all kinds of power to the governor. Um, and and I, I don't want to get political about this. And I, I don't actually know that it is exclusively a political thing because we live in New York and yeah. <laughs> we have King Cuomo. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to see it again. I mean, this is going to flare up again in New York. This is just deep blue country. But we have a governor who sometimes acts like a king. Uh, Very and, much so. And has built himself a reputation of this among folks. Some folks have probably supported him. Um, but, you know, we're going to have this again this year with the marijuana bill. Um, I just, you know, the Drug Policy Alliance just lit everybody up today, I think. Uh, about, uh, you know, Cuomo may very well shove this in the budget due to cannabis enabling legislation, what he did to vapor and flavors. Uh, and that is just shoehorn it into the budget bill and it's must pass. There's so much stuff chalked into the New York state budget. I mean, it's, what is it like? It, it's seven or eight different bills and they're all yeah. huge. No ordinary citizen is going to read through all of that stuff and there's not much opportunity for debate. There certainly wasn't last year at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, you know, our budget has to be passed by April, April 1st, which is not a joke. Um, so uh, it, it's, it's not exclusive to a certain color of state. Um, so I, 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 have a, I have a big problem with preemption generally. Um, but as far as this, a big, this is a big public health deal. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is drug policy, uh, and and I, I would rather see the state and the state health department um, be able to engage the resources at their disposal and make a much more um, have a much more critical discussion about this. We're not always going to get it, but uh, I think it's I think it's more appropriate than um, you know the strategy that uh, the anti anti vaping folks have been employing for years which is to create a mess of regulation at the local level. Uh, and of course, you also use it as a tactic to build support for a state level piece of legislation. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's sort of, it, I, people might uh, uh, compare it to you know, the old saying of boiling a frog. Um, it's slowly moving its way through the state. And then once they've got a certain amount of the population living under these rules, they just make a, a state law that takes care of everything. Um, right. <laughs> so, but you know, that's more strategy and tactic than it is science and data. Yeah, um, and yeah absolutely. We, we need to have the science and data conversation, I think at the state level um, and, and, and municipalities can stick to, you know, balancing the budgets and make sure that the streets get swept. Um, yeah, I agree with you. And, and I, I will say my opinion changes based on the size of the municipality. I, New York City is its own monster. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like if you're talking about it, well, I mean, you can't really do it with L.A. because L.A. is such a sprawling. L.A. is its own monster, but New York City is a great example. Yeah. I mean, New York City is like Manhattan is its own entity. I mean, how many times as a New Yorker, since you've lived in New York, have you heard people talk about like, we need to just cut New York City off from the rest of the <laughs> state? Like that's a common conversation that you have with New Yorkers is just talking about cutting the city right off from the rest of us. 
You know, I, I lived in I lived in Hudson County, New Jersey, in North Jersey for oh, yeah. know, seven, is it seven years? And I, I will tell you, the, the conversation that we used to have in our office was, why are people from New York City so scared to come to New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and it's weird, man. I mean, I live 15 Just minutes. Just that turnpike, man. <laughs> I, I, lived, I lived 15 minutes from Times Square, and I might as well have lived in, I don't know, Texas. It, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. I think that we've got it then. I think cool. that's it for calls to action right now. They're all over the place. Yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up the one from Maryland. Um, and, oh, you know, I, I, I will just give a, a little extra attention to this. I, I think we were talking about it. Um, you know, the, the, the rules for testifying in Maryland are very specific. And there's a narrow window of time that you're allowed to submit your testimony. And that is going to be um monday february 8th between 10 a.m and 3 p.m that's well, it you have five hours you've got five hours and i don't care if you have a job that doesn't involve access to the internet you've got between 10 and 3 to upload your testimony and or request to speak now speaking is going to be limited um i believe oral testimony is limited to three minutes uh, if you are one of the 20 people that they accept for testimony. Uh, and of course, when, when and if you are accepted to speak, uh, they'll, they'll hit you with a, a Zoom link on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, just want to make that crystal clear. That's a pretty solid uh, range in the day that you can submit your testimony. They're not taking it before. They're not taking it after. I am not sure what COVID-19 did to the email servers in the Maryland legislature, um, but apparently they're affected. Yeah, because this is new. This we got to get we got to get uh, those servers on on ventilators now. See I, if we I can mean, get them operational for more than five hours a day. Somebody's got to have some vaccine out there for COVID infected. Computers. Well, yeah, King Cuomo is standing in front of an entire wall of it right now. It's possible. <laughs> it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. But he's got a good relationship with Larry Hogan, so maybe they could talk. Maybe. Maybe yeah. they shouldn't talk. I don't know. It's, <laughs> as we discussed, a little difficult to testify here in Albany. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, definitely check out the details on that once I get this up. We'll be uh, sending it out to everybody in Maryland. Um, soon I'm, it's getting kind of late, so I'll probably do it tomorrow morning. Um, so yeah. Awesome. I think, I think, I, I think that's it. I also, uh, somebody noted, uh, uh, that we, there was a hearing, uh, on Monday, I believe in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I have to update that. Um, but there is a flavor ban bill in Bridgeport. Um, and I apologize for bouncing all around here. Uh, the interesting thing about Bridgeport, Connecticut is, um, that it, it, it tends to be uh, in line with the state. And Bridgeport, I guess, is the largest city in Connecticut. And uh, so legislation passed in Bridgeport is likely to show up at the state level as well. Um, so it's, it's certainly important for people living in Bridgeport to get their voices heard. Um, and I apologize that our engagement was, was, not, uh, was not actually featured on our website. <laughs> This oh no, it didn't actually go like out, out. It didn't go, I, I fixed it. I fixed it this evening. 
Um, and it's, it, you know, we've got a new website. So uh, it, it's very pretty. And what comes along with pretty things sometimes is there's a lot of extra work on the back end. Yeah. Um, so stuff that used to take me about an hour to do takes me closer to two, I think. I'm still getting in the workflow here. But I have to remember to put all kinds of stuff in there and I'm new to it and I'm screwing it up. So you're still kind of in that like learning phase. Eventually you'll streamline the whole process and yeah. knock that time frame down. Fortunately, I, I still have uh, I actually have training wheels. Danielle Jones has been very helpful in making sure that I get this stuff right. And so um, I, unfortunately, I missed a couple of things that I was supposed to fill in and tagging this and that and whatever. But it's there now and, and we'll update I will update that soon with with details. So awesome. All right, guys. Well, that's, that's going to do it for our calls to action. Uh, right now. Thank you, Alex, for all the beautiful updates and just bouncing around the States anymore. I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you really, man, I just feel like every time we do this, it's like, all right, we're going to throw a dart. What do we got in New Hampshire right now? What do we got in Arizona all the way over in Arizona right now? Oh man. All right. So the other part of this show, I would like to uh, kind of go through with our listeners just to kind of give, I, uh, I feel like we're beating our head against a wall at this point with vape mail and, and the vape mail ban and the pact act, but there are still a lot of people out there that are confused, lost as to what this means for them, for consumers, what this means for their businesses um, because there's different, there's different rules that apply here, depending on whether we're talking about strictly tobacco and USPS, whether we're talking about common carriers, who we're talking about, it's a little gray. Uh, There's a little bit of a misunderstanding amongst a lot of people. They think, oh, well, yeah, I get the USPS thing, but can I still just go to FedEx? What about UPS? What about DHL? You know, and then what about all these really small carrier services, delivery services, and things like that. Um, Jim, Jim McDonald has a fantastic article out on Vaping 360 where he goes into some of this. Um, but as it stands, the PACT Act prohibits USPS from shipping any and all tobacco products. No. 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 See, I'm already wrong. See, I'm one of the people that gets lost in all of this. So this is why I wanted to do this today. So um, just a little bit of background on the PACT Act um, and the Jenkins Act. Um, Actually, so all of this started with the Jenkins Act that was passed in the late 40s. um, And and that dealt with shipping tobacco products, cigarettes and smokeless tobacco. Uh, The PACT Act came along in 2010. It was it's sort of immediately following the passage of the Tobacco Control Act. And it addressed, right. it, it, it sort of preemptively addressed some issues um, that I, I, I'm probably going to bungle the history here a little bit. But um, at one point, there was a regulation or there was a direction to uh, FDA or, or some other agency to deal with this issue. And before they could actually deal with it, Congress passed and, and, and the, the PACT and Obama signed the, the, the PACT Act. PACT stands for Prevent All Cigarette Traffic. Trafficking. Right. This is the PACT Act. Then is is reporting taxes and sales and that whole mess. Right. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna ship tobacco products uh, across state lines, um, or I think 
Yeah, that's federal law. So that deals with in, interstate traffic. Um, you have to be registered, uh, licensed or whatever with the, uh, there's like an ATF uh, office in like tax, what I'm, I am totally screwing this up and I apologize, but the, the gist of it is as a seller, as a shipper, you have to be registered with the state. Uh, and, and basically the state knows that you're shipping into, into their, their area and they know to come to you and say, Hey, uh, that tax money that you're required to collect, we need that. And we right. know because we, you know, we can track your shipments and, and see what you're doing. You're, you're registered with us. And, and that's, that's essentially what it is. Um, and so the PACT Act also prohibits um, the USPS from delivering cigarettes. Um, smokeless tobacco. So I was right. Well, it's just cigarettes. Uh, okay. Smokeless tobacco is still allowed to be shipped. I, I was half right. Yeah, <laughs> give myself a half, half a pat on the back then. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's uh, it, it's understandable, um, and and I'm, I'm I may be kind of screwing it up here, but as far as I as just as a general rule, cigarettes you're not really allowed to get through the mail. You could up to a certain point. I think it's just that the the, the rules are so prohibitive that people who are shipping cigarettes really don't want to deal with it. So right. if you can find cigarettes for sale online, um, you can probably get them shipped to you. I don't obviously don't recommend it, um, but they're not likely following the law. Um, smokeless tobacco is a different story, however. Um, no, no shipper, no common carrier, nor the UPS is going to ship cigarettes, uh, but they are allowed to ship smokeless tobacco. So I, I use snooze. I get my snooze through UPS. Uh, it's signature on delivery. Uh, I've gone through all the age verification stuff on the front end. Um, and, and that's that. Um, but what the, uh, the law that passed in 2019 does uh, is fold vapor products in with cigarettes. And so all of the, not all, but the, the big names. FedEx, I, I don't know that FedEx has ever shipped vapor products, uh, maybe way back in the day. Um, but as far as I know, FedEx is like business to consumer. Um, FedEx is not the route to go. Uh, and uh, UPS has been, uh, well, USPS has been the go-to because it's cheap. Um, right. And, uh, but UPS was sort of, I think folks were sort of hoping that UPS would still, still ship. Um, but from what I've heard, there's nothing official out there that I've seen. We've been seeing people getting messages from UPS. Uh, certainly people have had their accounts just, I, I think, notice that their accounts is being canceled. They're not accepting new accounts. Um, I believe, I, I think they're, there's an issue with people seeing their products being held at the border. Uh, and you'll get a note that says FDA inspection. Um, I don't know, uh, as far as consumers go, that's actually something I encounter with snooze sh shipments. It comes from Sweden. When it gets here, it, the FDA, there's some sort of FDA inspection that happens. It, sometimes it might delay your shipment, but on average, I, I think everything just gets, things go through. Uh, at least for, for snooze. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen to vapor products. I think it's safe to assume that they're probably going to get seized. 
um, or you as a company may have to go through some rigmarole to get them back or get them through. Um, so uh, that that has happened in the past and it we expect that to happen um, since the laws have been changed. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, USPS, FedEx, and UPS are not the only companies that ship things around the country. Um, so there are smaller carriers that aren't actually included or, or, or may not feel that they are affected by this law. They're not a huge company with, you know, the, the kind of uh, corporate responsibility expectations of them. And, you know, they, they may not have the same reputational issues to think about at scale like a UPS does. So uh, they may be all the more willing to accept the new business. Uh, and so I, I have heard, again, nothing official anywhere um, that there certainly are manufacturers and wholesalers and distributors looking for these alternatives. Um, that may be limit, limited to business to business shipping. Um, certainly it's going to be much harder for consumers to get vapor products in the mail. Uh, and I believe is sort of uh, end of March and end of April. There, there's two different dates in March and April um, when uh, these rules, certain parts of the, the new law take effect. Um, actually, I yeah, believe- I've heard March 1st, anywhere from like March 1st to April 1st is basically what I've heard. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit later in April for the second part of this. And that's where the USPS is supposed to uh, uh, post their, their rule. Uh, and this is notice and comment. So there will be an opportunity for the community to weigh in. Um, and and I, I, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record for the rest of the year. But, um, you know, this is one of those opportunities where um, we're not necessarily speaking to be persuasive. Uh, there's not much that's going to change the outcome of this. Uh, but it is actually very important for us all to go on the record uh, yeah. and, 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 and express our opposition to this. And I, and I would encourage people who, you know, even shop owners out there, but, well, especially shop owners now who are seeing that this is actually a big deal and it is affecting your business in a negative way. Um, you know, a lot of people sort of took the position that, well, if you ban online sales and, and shipping, then it'll just be, it'll be a benefit for the brick and mortar shops who are, you know, they have competition from online sellers. So uh, it, it, I understand that perspective, but the reality of the situation is that there are plenty of people out there who don't have a vape shop down the street from them and, uh, and rely on having products shipped to their door. Um, and, I, you know, their, their life, their, their desire to quit smoking uh, is, is no less than mine. It's no less than yours. Uh, and I think they deserve the support of the community to make sure that the policies benefit them as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, 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 I apologize for not having a bunch of details about this, um, other than to say uh, this is this is serious and it's going to affect your business and it's going to affect your access to these products uh, in in a not so great way. Uh, and I, would, and I would assume, I guess I'm just making an assumption here that even with, even with these other carriers, these smaller carriers and business to business, um, even if that's the route that we end up going, that's still going to add additional costs down the road to the consumer. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, it's, I mean, when you go from the, the cheap, you know, effectiveness of the USPS 
for getting your shipments. And then now you've got this series of small carriers along the way that, you know, are willing to step in because, or if they are for the extra cash, but it's the business that's going to have to pay that extra cash. And in turn, you as the consumer are going to make that up. Yeah. And, and not to mention, you know, this is compliance work. You, you know, I, I'll, we have certainly gotten phone calls and emails from business owners asking us for advice. Um, I, I will tell, you know, everybody listening, what I tell everybody on the phone when they ask me for something like that, don't take business advice from me. I am not, a, I am not an industry consultant. Uh, and I, I do not represent myself as an expert in all of this policy. Other people might say that about me, um, but I, I'm not going to misrepresent myself in that way. Uh, and and CASA's focus is on consumers. So, you know, we're here to tell everybody, yeah, this is bad news, um, but I'm not, I'm not here to give you business advice. Uh, I'm happy to, to, to share my perspective and knowledge about this issue, um, but uh, you know, yeah. So just, you know, kind of go down that checklist of all the new things that businesses are going to have to do. They're, you know, potentially hiring lawyers. They're, they're calling up consultants. They may have to hire an extra person to take care of this stuff. All of that is an added expense that gets passed directly onto consumers. Yeah. Uh, and so everybody in, in the supply chain experiences this, um, for some, it'll be a, a, a speed bump and for others, it's going to be a brick wall. Uh, you know, you're still, even if you go to the smaller carriers, you still have to be compliant with, with, with the law. And that right. means registering with this, the, the ATF in, and there's a specific office that you have to register with. Um, tobacco tax bureau or whatever they are. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you have to go through all of that. We, we have to, as a nonprofit, we have to do compliance stuff for uh, solicitating, don soliciting donations. Uh, and that's, we have to hire an agency to take care of that. It's not in all 50 states, but it's enough. Uh, it, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, right. I, I, people specialize in this stuff. So just, just the compliance alone is an added cost um, and just a, you know, a big headache for people. Yeah. But as it's going to stand, I mean, as far as business to consumer shipping is going to go, Basically, by the time we get through April, there won't be any USPS, there won't be any UPS, there won't be any FedEx. DHL is one that I'm kind of like, I don't know, because when you go through DHL's actual site, they've already listed that they will not ship tobacco products yeah. already on the site. Like that's already there. So a lot of people were talking about DHL, DHL, DHL. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I, I really, per, again, I'm not an expert on this stuff. I, I turn to people like you and Jim and others when I have questions about this stuff. DHL, it doesn't sound like DHL is an option. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I, I'm not, I, I, am, I am actually not in the industry, despite what uh, Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids and, and other people might say about us. All those so claims I, from Matt Myers that you're leading the industry, Alex? What? No, actually, Matt Myers has never made that claim about me. <laughs> um, I, he probably forgets who I am. Um, but anyway, that is part of the narrative is to marginalize all of us advocates by yeah. accusing us of being in the pockets of big tobacco. Um, so, uh, which just full disclaimer, we do take money from industry and I make no secret about that. Um, so, uh, 
but yeah, you know, these are private companies. They are, you know, according to the law, they're allowed to make up their own mind. Uh, and so you, as we, as consumers and, biz and business owners, of course, are sort of at the whims of these private carriers uh, to, to come up with their own policy. So if DHL says on their website that they don't ship tobacco products, my first question is always, what is DHL considered to be a tobacco product? Um, there's a good likelihood they're not going to ship vapor um, or just, you know, smoke-free nicotine products. Um, of course, the nicotine pouches um, sort of fall in that same class as snus, sort of. Uh, yeah, uh, so I have it, actually. Um, just because somebody had just asked me this the other day about DHL and their, their site uh, right here. Um, DHL prohibits shipping, and I quote, tobacco and tobacco products, including but not limited to cigarettes, cigars, loose tobacco, smokeless tobacco, hookah, or shisha. But that's where that's where it ends. But that but not limited to. And then my other question is like, since DHL is Germany and this is where things get real weird, like DHL is Germany. So what is DHL and what does Germany define as a tobacco? product? Does Germany define tobacco products as all nicotine products or, or do they include e-cigarettes? And does that affect the way that DHL <laughs> decides what a tobacco product is? My my go to assumption here is no, you can't use DHL. Like that's, that's my, my gut, like go-to answer. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, for, for businesses, I, I, my, my gut go-to answer is call DHL, um, get something in writing from them. Uh, that's probably the best course of action as, as just, you know, Joe consumer. I look at that website and I say, okay, I'm not going to ship any tobacco or nicotine products through their service. Um, I do know, however, that Germany, uh, our the Germans are, are big fans of the, the chew bags. Yeah. Uh, chew bags. Yep. Uh, that's, that's the, uh, it's, it's sort of a workaround. It is a distinctly different product from snus. Um, but it's a lot closer to smokeless tobacco. Uh, it's, it's, it's tobacco that's been processed like snus to a degree. Um, but it is actually, you do have to kind of not really bite down on it, but press down on it with your teeth to release the flavor. And, the, and for the anybody and out that. there who's really curious about chew bags, I had uh, Norbert Zillatron on the show, who some people might know from the Twitter space. Um, he's a German fellow. Uh, fantastic episode. And we talked all up and down about chew bags because I honestly didn't really know much about chew bags. Uh, but yeah, that whole process, it is, it's somewhere between like smokeless tobacco and snus. It's, 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 it's like more ground up than like a chew or something more, more processed, but not quite to the extent of snus. Yeah. The grind, the grind is a little bit more coarse, Yeah, uh, but it is, as far as I understand, it, it is processed like snus. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in, meaning that it's pasteurized. Um, it's not fermented. So that and that because of the way that snus is processed, it doesn't have uh, the same kind of harsh effects on like, you know, you can you can swallow the juice or gut the juice and it, it's not going to make you sick. You can eat you can eat loose snus out of the tin and it's not going to make you sick. 
I don't right. recommend it. Um, remember, you know, watch your dosage and don't get yourself sick. It's nicotine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it is it, in, in, I have heard, uh, this is maybe not entirely accurate, but Sweden regulates snus more like a food product than say America regulates smokeless tobacco, like a, like a tobacco product. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a totally different world out there. Yeah. Um, another note about Germany, uh, I had heard that, uh, that my favorite snus product for a long time was a, it's called Thunder Ultra Raspberry or Ultra Raspy. Um, and it's, it's raspberry flavored. It was great. Uh, and they stopped, they stopped making it and, and I can't get the flavor anymore. And the joke was that apparently they just, they, they stopped putting their resources into producing this maybe underperforming snooze to focus on giving that flavor almost exclusively to Germany and the chew bags. So, I mean, kudos, Germany, enjoy it. Uh, wish we could get it. <laughs> well, now you just got to see if you can get some of that, some, some of these German chew bags. I, maybe I should call up Norbert. You just, you're just not going to be able to go through DHL most likely. <laughs> no, what well, the UPS, we'll get it UPS. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know sure how much cocaine goes through UPS, Alex? <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. Like not how- a lot nowadays. I mean, it's mostly all fentanyl at this point, but <laughs> still <laughs> that's crazy I, that was the other thing that kind of blew. I, I didn't i don't understand mixing fentanyl and cocaine okay but. as a former stimulant user uh <laughs> it this has bothered me since like i started seeing it like i don't want to say it was understandable i don't have the right word for it but when we saw fentanyl you know hit the heroin stream mm. you you go okay well it's it's a stronger opioid in with the opioids like okay that that kind of makes sense but when i started reading articles about fentanyl and meth and mdma and cocaine as a as a former stimulant consumer <laughs> my consumer instinct is i would be pissed <laughs> you know yeah. like not only that but i'd probably be dead if i was still a user i'd, I'd most likely be dead but if i wasn't dead i would be pissed that would be my first instinct. Like this is, this is not at all what I wanted. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I know that that's a thing. I know that mixing heroin and, and cocaine is a thing um, that I've always been an uptown train. Kind so of guy. Yeah. That's a, that's a speedball, so, man. Yeah. The, the downtown train. I don't really need to be any more relaxed. Um, so uh, that's <laughs> my drugs of choice have always been a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, I was the same way. And now it's all, now it's all nicotine and caffeine. I've just yeah. moved into the, the more legal stimulants at this point in my life, a little yeah. lower on the totem pole stimulants, but that's yeah. okay. But yeah, I mean, that's what I, I, everybody's like, well, you know, the shipping, the shipping, and that's like my go-to like sarcastic answer for people is, you know, how much cocaine goes through USPS? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I've talked you know to how much, the, you know how much flavored nicotine containing e-liquid I've got in New York state. Like, yeah, I'm sure I, you know, I'm not that far from tribal land, so I, I'm sure I can get it there. And, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, the reservation here, the Tonawanda reservation is 20 minutes from me. Yeah. You know, there's four vape shops right there. I mean, they take like, as far as the, the Buffalo Rochester area, this whole area, that, particular reservation is doing very very well 
yeah. far as like these bands and stuff are concerned. And there's actually, I believe, one vape shop from outside of that reservation that moved on to the reservation. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was featured. There was a was that a filter article that uh, that's that's a different one. That. That, that was a different, I believe that was here in New York State still, though. Yeah, there was a Filter Mag uh, article on that. That wasn't the Tonawanda Reservation. Um, I was in talks for a while with Helen, actually, Helen Redmond from Filter, about the Tonawanda Reservation. Um, we were going back and forth, exchanging emails on some of the history of them. Um, I was trying to reach out to the Tribal Council. Um, I didn't hear back from them, though. I was talking to a few vape shops up there about sitting down with Helen and doing kind of a piece on it, but it, it just didn't really amount to anything. And none of them really had any interest. Mm. I don't know if I came off, like I was, you know, trying to blow up their spot or something. I was just, you know, Hey, are you interested in maybe doing an interview or whatever? And people were like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if they can, if, if there is any need to fly under the radar, certainly. I'd... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could be very, you know, there's maybe there's, it's they're protecting their own, you know, and I, I totally understood. I, you know, I, it was one of those things. Um, but, but yeah, reservations are like a safe haven here in New York and a lot of them are doing really well. And then there's a few of them that like opt out for whatever reason, you know, um, I think we talked about briefly before either it was just in a video chat or whatever, there's a reservation out near Syracuse and mm -hmm. the only uh, flavored products they choose to sell on their reservation are just disposables. Hmm. They won't sell any open system flavored products. Interesting. And I don't know if that's just like a tribal decision or who knows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that is almost the exact opposite of the, the federal guidance. So, right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe yeah. They're just so. thumbing their noses at the man. I, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, it's reservations are uh they're their own thing you know uh, what no matter what state they're in or whatever they're not beholden to the state yeah you know they, they are in the sense of like certain things and certain funding and things like that but really ultimately they just have to abide by the federal government that's their treaties are with the federal government they're everything for them is federal law like on reservations even if new york state legalized cannabis right like actual thc cannabis because cannabis until that is removed from the scheduled list as long as cannabis remains federally illegal they still wouldn't be able to sell it on tribal land yeah they can sell all the cbd and hemp and everything else that they want and vape and right and vapor products you know but as long as the company has submitted a PMTA that's been, you know, accepted, but that's, it's just, this, it's, it's like a, this weird thing where like the second you hit that land, you're, you're almost, you're really not in the state anymore. You are, mm -hmm. but you're not, you know, you're on tribal land now. It's a different, different ball game. Yeah. But either way, now that we've gotten way off topic, uh, <laughs> as far as vape mail goes for people, we're just we're hoping that a lot of these smaller carriers decide that this is a cash cow and want to take it on. It's kind of where we're at. Yeah, and it's you know everybody everywhere should be on the lookout for states making their own rules about this. We've been seeing this for years, and and of course you know Casa has been bringing this up as a big issue for um, I, I don't know how many years, but certainly as long as I've been involved. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not over. Your states can, can inflict more pain. Um, so even if there is, uh, you know, a kind of work, it's not really a workaround, but even if there are smaller carriers that do pick this up, um, states can certainly require Signatron deliver, prohibit them from doing it, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and and I'd, I'd expect to see more of that. So I am hopeful that, that, that some very smart people in this industry will find a way to get through this and continue serving their customers. Um, but it, I think until things really start to change uh, in terms of the narrative um, that people are accepting, um, you know, it's really just a matter of time before, before that gets down to. Well, hot damn. All right, let's get on. To, let's get into some kind of fun, cool news. All right, this is like this is like Casa related, but not necessarily vape and smoke free related. All right, uh, for my listeners, this podcast is changing. Um, me and my wife have sat down and we've discussed the, I guess, the future of Rise and Vape. Um, and this this weekly podcast that I do with my wife every week. Uh, is essentially coming to a close. We've been at this podcast now for well over a year. Uh, the very first Rise and Vape podcast actually aired three days before Trump said he was going to ban everything. <laughs> you know, we were talking about like one or two minor little bills going off in a state. Three days later, Trump's like, I'm going to ban it all. And I was like, well, I guess we got more podcasts to do, <laughs> you know. Um, so, so we've been at it for a while. Um, but the lovely folks over here at Casa, Alex included, used to have a podcast. I don't know how many people out there actually know that Casa used to do a podcast, but that podcast ended, uh, 2017, somewhere in 2017. And I've been, I've been chatting with folks over at Casa for a little while now. And I kind of threw an idea into the bucket and said, why don't we bring this podcast back? Why don't me and Alex sit down and try to find a way to reinvigorate the CASA podcast so we can kind of integrate it with the rest of the media that CASA is putting out for people to tune into, to catch up on, whether you don't have the time to sit down and read uh, heads up and blog posts and, and all the calls to action for the week going out, things like that. How could we put this into another form of media and put it out there for people? And I said, well, hey, wh why don't I do that? And it, it seemed like a good idea. It seems like it's a good idea. Everybody kind of is, uh, is behind it. It seems like it's a good idea. So I think that's what's going to be happening. Um, as far as Rise and Vape goes, me and my wife have been having a lot of discussions. I think we might still try to do some Rise and Chat kind of things around this podcast, maybe some roundtable episodes in the future so I can still bring in folks from the Rise and Vape community to discuss current events and things going on like that. Uh, I'm still personally going to be doing spotlight episodes on the side. So those deep dive episodes, like I've covered in the past on diabetes, COPD, asthma, drug recovery, uh, episodes like that I'll still be doing. But the weekly updates where, let's be honest guys, the brunt of our calls to action and advocacy and news already comes from Casa. me and alex are going to be doing a lot of that stuff uh on the Casa podcast what are your thoughts alex are you excited for this how do you feel about this to get your uh, to get back on the bike to get back behind the wheels of podcasting 
Well, I never considered myself to be a podcaster. I was the way that the Casa podcast update used to work um, was uh, Jan Johnson, uh, one of our board members at the time, already had a show on BP Live. Uh, that was the Auntie Nanny. And uh, so she would take the first chunk of her show and give it to Casa, and, and her and I would discuss the calls to action. Um, so uh, that's what it was. And it eventually, you know, life on life's terms takes over for some people. They got to work weird hours. And so our routine kind of fell apart. Uh, and it is, it is kind of difficult to, to keep something like this up outside of the regular legislative session, which you and I have talked about. And I, I think there's, there's really no shortage of, of topics to discuss and people that we can have on uh, and, and, and really, you know, put some, I hate to say that. I don't know. Is this like, is this like, so 2013 to say, but like, you know, put some good content out there for folks. No, no, that's, um, I mean, 2021 man is all about good content. All about the content. I mean, everybody's home. Everybody is just content hungry, right? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I assume that the opposite is dead air. So that would be kind of a, Right. If your choices are dead air, good content. I mean, yeah. I'm going to lean towards good content. Maybe I should go start one of those like uh, Patreons and just yeah. there. I'll just, I'll just announce it. There'll be cool intro music and then 45 well, minutes of just silence. I already have one, Alex. So we'll just put mine <laughs> out there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a, we'll get a, do you want to do a, a Casa Patreon or you just want to do like a Alex Clark Patreon? I think this would have to be a side project. I don't okay, think. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Julie would appreciate me just leaving a microphone open for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> so, so all that having been uh, said, uh, yeah, the, the, the Casa podcast will actually feature voices and words and, and important news and events. Uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully we are able to get some guests on. Um, I leave that sort of in your very capable hands, uh, Logan. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, exciting. it's funny too. Like I've, when I look at the, you know, the, the board of Casa and a lot of the folks uh, in Casa, I've had the brunt of you on the Rise and Bay podcast actually already. I think outside of maybe Julie, um, <laughs> who I just, Julie scares me. So. <laughs> no, uh, but I've had, a, I've had a lot of folks from Casa on. So I think for a lot of people, um, a, a lot of the guests coming, obviously, they all know you very well um, and they've definitely got to know me pretty well and have, have already spoken to me. So I think we're having guests on is going to go great. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to having guests on. I mean, when it comes to some folks from Casa, like, like Kristen, besides recently, like I hadn't talked to Kristen for like a year, you know, and then up until recently uh, in talks with her about a lot of stuff. So I'm really excited um, to definitely have guests on. And like you said, there's a plethora of, of topics, whether it's, you know, just, um, current events, calls to action, things that are happening like right here, right now, or whether it's stuff to get into deeper conversations about studies or things that are going on out there that Casas, you know, kind of doing like, Hey, this is a junk study. Hey, this is a good study, whether we're highlighting, um, um, lawmakers or, or different people who, who are in positions to do something. If we can get voices out, if we can do whatever we can do, there's plenty of that to do. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously at all times. So I think it's cool to, to, I guess for me to, you know, a first and foremost, it's an honor to do this. 
like it, it's a huge it honor now. to do this you know uh and you're over there like yeah whatever logan it's just us <laughs> uh, but for me it's a huge honor because i mean it's kasa right this is a, an organization i've looked up to since i started advocating you guys are an organization that i've looked up to since i started doing all of this i, I can remember back in like the tail end of our late summer fall ish i guess of 2017 a few months after i quit smoking and started vaping and the vape shop in my town talking about kasa and i never really thought much of it though you know i was like okay cool that's really cool and then a few months later I was watching like one of the very first Grim Green, his old vlogs, these like two hour long YouTube vlogs that he used to do. And then he mentioned Kasa. And I was like, everybody fucking keeps talking about this Kasa thing. And I checked it out, became a member, put my testimony in, joined. And ever since that day, like Kasa is one of the first things I get emails, I check, I, you know, all this stuff. And that's what we do on the Rise of Vape podcast. The first 30 minutes of our episode is usually me and Beck talking about what we're vaping and then everything that we've got from Kasa going out. So for me, it's just like, it's almost the same, you know, when, when yeah. you and me are going to sit down to do calls to action, it feels like I'm, I'm not even skipping a beat. It's just like my, my co-host grew a beard. That's all. <laughs> but, uh, but my wife's really excited about she's uh, you know, she keeps telling me every day, like, I'm so excited you're going to do stuff with Kasa. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, oh, stop, you know, stop. Um, but I'm really excited for it. I think it's a, a good opportunity for for audiophiles like me. I'm I'm a podcast. Not only do I create them, but I also am an avid listener. Um, so for anybody out there like me or people obviously listening right now, you know, that's it's it's how I like to absorb information especially like quick stuff, which is another thing that I'm excited to do um, with you for like, again, calls to action, little things, heads up that might be going out. Me and you will be able to provide like real quick, concise five to 10 minute things that you can throw on in your car on the way to work really quick. Or when you're zipping over to the store, oh, hey, I saw Kasa posted something about something happening in my state. I don't have time to read it right now. Play, hit play, boom right there. We'll go through everything you need to know, the ins and outs of whatever bill it's going to be, where you need to go, who you need to contact, where to find that information, quick, good talking points to use, that kind of like easily digestible, quick, concise stuff. You and me are going to be able to, to slap that right onto calls to action and things like that and send it out for people. That's a, that's a really good idea. I don't know that we had talked about that, but I, 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 I think I, we talked about it. And if we didn't, Thanks, because I just came up with it. Thanks for spraying it on me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, yeah, it, it, it's an excellent idea, and and I I, I agree. You know, I, I think this is something that we've been uh, we've been missing. We haven't really been able to devote uh, a lot of energy to, and so uh, I'm I'm really glad that that you've accepted the challenge, uh, and and that, that that we can we can take advantage of your talents, uh, and 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 make this very useful. Thank thank the and fun thank audacity's free software <laughs> and my buddy sean for teaching me how to use it um well thanks yeah, man i i think for me it's uh it, it's just a kind of another stepping stone into me doing something above and beyond just me you know um another way for me to kind of contribute to all of all of this you know, all the, our, all, to all of harm reduction, tobacco harm reduction, and just kind of my way to contribute to, and also to contribute to CASA for everything that CASA has done for not only me, but for everybody else as well. If I can be a part of this 
whole thing. It's, it's a huge honor and it's a huge challenge and I'm excited to meet it head on. And I'm just excited to, I don't know, hang out with you every week (laughs) and you and me can talk about shitty science and what's going on. And I don't know, raspberry snooze or whatever, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm really excited for it and I hope everybody checks it out. I'm, um, I'm hopeful. And my, my first ask is for everybody tuning in. If you're listening to this right now, to go over to go over to SoundCloud and go over to the Casa Media SoundCloud and just drop it a follow right now. Just go click the follow button because no matter how bad it looks, <laughs> actually it looks really good. Danielle has already Excellent. updated it for us. It looks way better than it did three years ago. <laughs> yeah, Danielle's are she's already on top of it, man. You know. You, yeah. you hand it if you show something to Danielle and like the graphics aren't pristine and up to date and slick and cool, she's like, All right, I'm just gonna take this for a minute. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> like we first discussed I, this and like 10 minutes later, Danielle was like, Oh yeah, I've already updated it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had the experience of like not even really have to having to tell Danielle what we want. She's very she's good. like, Oh yeah, I did that three days ago. Here you go. Yeah. This is so, yeah, that's, that's been tremendously helpful. Yeah. But she's definitely already got that updated. It looks great. Um, and then here soon, hopefully I think this weekend, possibly you and me discussed recording the first episode. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. So you guys get, you guys are going to get like three episodes between different podcasts of me and Alex all in one week. Uh, but for everybody out there, yeah. Rise and vapes, like weekly stuff, the brunt of our production is, kind of just ending but it's also not because it's just going to be shifting to casa is essentially the, the big idea here um and then i still get to have a lot of fun with rise and vape on the back end and me and my wife are probably going to go back to where rise and vape started i mean i i started rise and vape on like wednesday mornings on instagram in the middle of winter when I just didn't have anything else to do. And I was like building coils and like mixing e-liquid and just talking shop with people. That's where rise and vape started. And so me and my wife are probably going to be maybe taking it back to kind of our roots, you know, and going back to Instagram and just kind of having that talk shop show live thing for people in the community to come and hang out and ask us questions or just talk shop, talk, Tell me about your, what's your new RTA? Tell me about your new favorite liquid that you, you know, bought out of a backpack because you couldn't get it shipped to you. Let me know. Cause I want to talk about those things. Um, but as far as kind of that, that weekly update stuff, you guys got to deal with me and Alex now. I hope you're ready to deal with Alex every week. <laughs> I don't I know if Alex I've... is ready to deal with Alex every week. I'm never ready to deal with me. Um, I, uh, and I promise to keep it short and succinct and, and, you know, especially for the little five minute things. I have a problem. I, when I get the stage, I sometimes have a issue with shutting up. So, um, no, that's okay. That's I'm doing it again. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the same way. A lot of times, like you, my wife, she'll get me on a certain talking point, especially if it's something I really care about. Like if somebody wants to talk to me, about drug policy in general, or if you want to talk to me about the overdose crisis, or if you want to talk to me about the barriers to medically assisted treatment and things like this, I could just go on. Like that's a whole, you opened up a whole can of worms, sit down, put your feet up. I hope you're ready to talk. Um, 
but I think that you and me will be able to find a really good rhythm, kind of an ebb and flow when we get into it, depending on what we're trying to create and what we're trying to put out. Uh, I think we're definitely going to have longer episodes where you and me get to really just kind of dive into certain topics and talking points. Um, And then I think we can really hone in and get those quick little things out to people that need to know easy to digest information uh, that just kind of coincides with, with other things that were that Kasa is putting out. So I think that's, it's all just going to tie together and marry together really well. And people will have a whole bunch of content to consume a whole bunch of information to consume. And they get to actually hear from you a little bit more, which I'm excited about. Yeah, it's been, I, I, I didn't realize how much I kind of missed going to events and, and rubbing elbows with folks. Um, I actually started to dread it. I used to love travel a whole lot. Uh, and then traveling was my job for a while uh, or a big part of my job. Uh, and then, um, yeah, you know, you go to enough vape expos and uh, it's just, it's, it kind of wears on you after a bit. Um, but yeah, it'll, it's, it'll be nice to do something a lot more publicly than just sitting behind my desk and typing all day long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets you to kind of an opportunity to, to air your chest out a little bit with a lot of these topics, you know, you get to, like you said, instead of just typing up a thing to put out on a, on your site, you, you can actually kind of sit here and really express how you feel about a, a certain whatever it is. And we can go into a little more nuanced detail, have a conversation uh, as opposed to just, uh, you know, a couple of paragraphs that go out. Yeah. So I'm really excited to, to, to just kind of help you do that. That's something I'm really excited to do. And everybody, Alex was like, I'm just going to, this is, this is your, your brainchild. Here you go. I was like, yep, I'll do that. I'll do everything on the back end, the editing, the posting, the publishing, that kind of stuff. That's, that's me on a Sunday afternoon with a cup of coffee up here. Um, I've done so much with audio editing in the past year that a lot of it, once you get into it, it, it just, I don't know. It's almost like I get to kind of just get in my little zone up here, you know, my little workflow. And then it's like time just goes away and then it's all done and I post it and I go about the rest of my day. I actually enjoy audio editing. I can tell you, I used to hate video editing after Instagram rise and vape took like 10 months that we were on YouTube for about 10 months and I hated it. (laughs) I like, I enjoyed doing the show, you know, like me and my wife, we had all these different segments and fun stuff we would do. We would do news. We would do e-liquid tastings. We would do all sorts of stuff. The editing is what killed me. Mm. And I think somebody, somebody had said, who was it? I don't know. It might've been Julie or somebody was like, what about, what about YouTube? Maybe it was Kristen what about YouTube? And I was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'll leave. I'll walk away. If you guys want YouTube, you got to f- talk to Matt, talk to somebody else. YouTube's not my bag, man. Podcasting all day. That I'll do. I'd much rather edit audio waves and sound bites than my face. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited. And I'm glad that you're excited too. This is kind of the, this would be like the first uh, official announcement for it. I've, yeah teased my patrons a little bit kind of let them know things are going to be changing around here and there's big exciting flashy things to come um so i know all of them are very excited um awesome for all of it i'm just i'm really stoked to to just like i said it's my way to contribute to something bigger than just like me and the rise and vape kind of thing it feels more meaningful professional all of that 
as opposed to like me over here, like, well, let's tell everybody what Casa has to say. And <laughs> let's, you know, whoa, patrons voted. What did they vote on this week, babe? Oh, baking. All right. Let's talk about baking. You know, as our that's our show was always split up into two parts. We had news and advocacy and then patrons would vote on you know, side topics. And they were all over the place. Like, what would you do if you won a billion (laughs) dollars? You know, stuff like that. Um, But this is just going to be, this feels a lot more meaningful than, than what that's been. So I'm really excited to do it. And I hope that you're ready every week to deal with me. I, I, you've made it like, you've made it technically three times dealing with me. Now this will be the third. Oh, you're third instance. Man, I, you're, you're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm always worried about me. Obviously, I, I have just a bunch of stuff rattling around in my head. So um, I'm just going to apologize in advance for maybe showing up unprepared for some of this stuff. But um, no, I think, uh, you know, we wouldn't ask you to do it if we didn't think that you could, you could do it and do it well. Um, so, so thanks. Thanks for uh, offering yourself up as tribute. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just be the sacrificial lamb here. It's cool. Um, but I hope that everybody enjoys it. I hope that everybody, like I said, go over to Kassaw Media on SoundCloud, drop them a follow. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that not only are we going to be, I'll just put it right out there. We're not going to just be on SoundCloud. I will make sure that this podcast gets onto Apple and Google and all the major platforms out there. It's just going to be wherever you're listening to Rise and Vape right now, you will be able to listen to the Casa podcast as well. Hopefully. We'll see what Apple and Google do. But um. oh, if Rise and Vape can make it onto Apple, Casa is going to be just fine making it onto okay. Apple. Guaranteed. Excellent. No worries there. The Apple was like, Rise and Vape? Sure, here. Be, absolutely. We don't have any vapor-related apps, but we'll definitely put you on the podcast app. Yeah, I was I was trying to I was trying to formulate a joke about how we could maybe give it, it maybe it would be problematic if we had a weekly update telling people like how many puffs they had on their mod and whatever else that it was the goofy, it was the calculator, the savings calculator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I found tremendously helpful when I quit. But yeah, you can't even have that on. No, no. Yeah, yeah. all their apps, but vapor-related podcasts on Apple, absolutely, all day and night. Go ahead. Yeah. I know a few other vape podcasts that are a hundred percent on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but I will ask everybody the same thing I asked, just for my benefit, because analytics-wise, SoundCloud gives everybody the best analytics. So please follow on SoundCloud for our sake so that way we can track analytics better but then by all means delete that app and listen wherever the hell you want to listen to it uh but but that way we know that you know you're following along that we kind of track i will say soundcloud really does do a really good job with their analytics compared to other podcast platforms because soundcloud will track where people are tuning in all around the world they'll tell you where your top followers are who's tuning into what podcasts what day that whole flow like they just they break it down way better than anybody else does apple does okay google analytics are the worst dumpster fire pile of trash analytics i've ever seen in my life um and i think buzzsprout does okay too uh podbean i've i never really got into to their stuff but but yeah, definitely the best analytics come from SoundCloud. So me and Alex, aka the uh, Tobacco Harm Reduction SoundCloud rappers, 
uh, please go follow us over there. Um, it's going to be a great time. I am really, truly, honestly honored and excited for it. So, so that's that. Time. I guess that's that's the official the official announcement. Well, hot well damn, done. Alex. <laughs> I know we said we were just going to keep this to an hour, but that didn't happen, and that's okay. I'll be able to edit a few minutes out of this and cut it down a little bit for everybody out there. But um, but awesome, fantastic. What do you yeah. think? Are you excited? I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. Awesome. All right. Well, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Um, I'm just going to those those I'll, I'll get what calls to action are currently out. Uh, I'll have those in the SoundCloud description. Like always, obviously, I'll just link directly to Kassah.org, which is where you should be going to check regularly all the time what's going on already. Uh, but I'll have all those links available to you. I'll have the Kasa Media uh, SoundCloud link also there as well. So if you couldn't find it for whatever reason, searching around, I'll make sure there's a link in the description so you can head right over there and follow along. Uh, Alex, where can people find you um, outside of this, tuning into this here podcast? Where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, I spend, well, social media wise, I spend most of my time on Twitter. So if you would like, sometimes I have some fork to fork tongue things to say about tobacco control and, and hopefully some uh, insight into other things. Uh, I'm at, I am at hello underscore Alex. You're like me with the underscore. Yeah. Got to have that underscore in there. I and was obviously not we- going for like maximum Twitter followers when I made my handle. So I, I don't know. I like the underscore as a fellow underscorer. I appreciate the underscore. Um, and everybody knows you can, you guys can always follow me over at Logan underscore exhales on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please, this, this podcast is definitely changing, but not entirely going anywhere. So please, if you have questions, concerns, uh, topics, anything you'd, you'd really like to hear from us at Rise and Vape, please email us Rise and Vape podcast at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for me and Alex and everybody here this week. So much love to everybody out there. Stay safe. Stay cloudy, you guys. Be excellent to each other. And we will chat with you soon. Done. That's it. We out. Hey, everyone. This is Logan. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider liking and following. We really do appreciate it. And if you're interested in supporting us further, head on over to patreon.com forward slash rise and vape for just five bucks a month. You can not only help us to continue and improve the shows that we do, but you also get some exclusive content so from us here at the rise and vape show. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts and hearts. <laughs>